Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Gen 3's race to make Newcastle. Supercars, wildcards, shake-up. Cam Waters on sprint cars and Gen 3. And bowing out, Legends Touring Car Masters Farewell Tour. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Major Motorsport is resuming after the holiday break with the Toyota Racing Series and Formula E, plus the Dubai 24 Hours, first off the grid in 2023. And of course, the Dakar Rally in Saudi Arabia finished on the weekend with Aussie Ironman Toby Price just missing out on a third victory, narrowly losing the lead on the very last stage of the gruelling two-week desert marathon. Australians also figured in the Dubai GT Enduro and in the opening round of the, take a deep breath, Castrol Toyota FIA Formula Regional Oceana Championship. Phew over at Highlands Park in New Zealand. Comprehensive coverage from across the Tasman, coming up later in the show from Grant Rowley, who was there for Parked Up Plus. And Formula E's Gen 3 era began in Mexico City as our own Gen 3 supercars start the critical last phase of development this week. Over the next few weeks, the Gen 3 Chevrolet Camaro and Ford Mustang prototypes will undergo final, some would say last minute, homologation tests. The Camaro and Mustang will face off in performance trials at Queensland Raceway and then straight line comparisons on an airfield runway also in southeast Queensland. Now, they've been characterised as calibration and verification tests, but the fact is that Ford is in dispute with supercars over engine and aero parity. They're at loggerheads over the computer mapping of the drive-by-wire throttle control on the Coyote V8 and the Mustang's aerodynamics. The engine argument is about how it responds to the electronic throttle actuation compared with the Camaro's larger LTR V8. Supercars wants a change. Ford performance engineers maintain their calibration is correct. But the bigger disagreement is over aero parity. Ford is convinced the Mustang's approved configuration has less downforce and more drag than the Camaro, questioning the data from the VCAT tests. A Ford performance engineer from America will attend the tests to double-check the aero and engine data. 
Representatives from all supercars teams have been invited to attend all the final Gen 3 validation trials. A mix of homologation team drivers from DJR and Triple Eight, plus non-regulars, will be used, with the testing designed to be consistent across the range. Meanwhile, the engine lottery is happening this week. The teams will be allocated motors randomly from the pool of spec power plants produced for the Camaro by KRE and for the Mustang by Herod. There will be a swap system if teams think any of their allocated engines are underperforming. All teams are scrambling to finish their Gen 3 builds in time for the start of pre-season testing in a couple of weeks. Some mechanical parts still haven't been signed off, and other key components, like the Mustang's rear wing, are awaiting delivery. Yep, Gen 3 is going right down to the wire, but despite the hectic schedule, the teams will get there. It's a particularly big ask for BJR and Tickford Racing, which are building four new cars each. But Ford star Cam Waters says Tickford is on track to get the job done. Yeah, it's definitely definitely hectic. I think it's probably the same for every team. But, um, you know, everyone's back on deck now, which is great. Um, you know, the cars are coming along pretty well. Um, they're just, you know, chipping away at them making sure they've been put together correctly and and the best that they can. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the progress they've made. I think they always wish they could have been a little bit further down the track, but um, by looking at, you know, what some of the other teams have got, I think we're, we're tracking pretty good. So team are doing a great job and, um, yeah, I'm confident we'll get to Newcastle with a pretty cool package. Waters admits that pre-season testing will be intense. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of pressure and um, there'll be a lot to go through at those test days. Um, hopefully we can get all three in, but I think it'll, if we can't, you know, get all that testing done, I think it'll come back to the, the more experienced, you know, engineers and, and teams and, and drivers to, to get the cars up to speed quicker. So it's going to be pretty cool to see how it all pans out you know, come Newcastle and, and the first few events to, you know, who actually gets on top of these things the quickest and, and gets an advantage those first few rounds. The Monster Energy Racing Ace thinks Gen 3 is his and Tickford's big chance to really threaten Triple Eight and arch-rival Shane Van Gisbergen. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for, for teams to, um, you know, come out of the box swinging. Um, obviously, you've highlighted triple eight, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be only triple eight. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that will be capable of winning with these cars. So um, we just, you know, grab it with both hands and um, make sure that we're doing everything we can to, you know, make sure that we're well equipped by the time Newcastle comes and, you know, to help set us up for the season. And I think, you know, it will be a good opportunity to, you know, win some races and, and hopefully go for a championship. Well, the man to beat, however it turns out, the man to beat on the surface, of course, is Shane Van Gisbergen. You've established a pretty strong rivalry with him. So, I mean, this year, just another chance to, well, take the fight to him even more than you already do. Yeah, I think Shane's going to be fast, you know, this year, no doubt. Um, I think at the end of the day, the same teams 
more or less and the same drivers are going to be up the front. I think, you know, there was a reason why they're up the front last year. So you might get a few more roughies up the front occasionally, but um, I think through the year, by the end of the year, it'll be uh, much the same, I think, as, um, as last year. More from Cam Waters on his summer holiday in sprint cars later in the show. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. We're hearing that new season supercars team liveries will start being unveiled at the end of the month into early February. Also, the official Repco Supercars Championship season launch will be staged in Sydney on February 20 or 21, ahead of the all-in pre-season test day at Sydney Motorsport Park on Wednesday, February 22. That test is unlikely to be broadcast, but we do understand that official timing will return. Richie Stanaway's signing as Shane Van Gisbergen's co-driver at Sandown and Bathurst calls into question, yet again, Boost Mobile boss Peter Addison's wildcard plan. Stanaway is being embedded at Banyo to get extra race mileage. He'll also join Triple Eight's GT squad, starting with next month's Bathurst 12-hour. The Mercurial Kiwi will partner Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim and Jamie Wincup in a Boost Mobile-backed Mercedes-AMG GT3. More GT outings will follow to help him prep for his Red Bull Ampole Racing Enduro drives with SVG, but Supercars wildcards in Addison's store-bought Camaro are likely to be blocked. Now, what we're hearing is that the wildcard rules will be fully enforced this year. That is, just one sprint round and or Sandown and Bathurst. A loophole that allows multiple sprint round wildcard entries for a driver across different chassis or teams is also set to be closed. In another expected move, Jake Kostecki has been replaced at Tickford Racing by Super 2 champion Declan Fraser. Much speculation about why the other Kostecki was dumped mid-contract, most of it centering on an altercation with Scott Pye at the end-of-season Supercars Gala in Adelaide. Those who were there say it was an alcohol fueled verbal clash between Jake Kostecki and Pye that ended in a drunken scuffle. But eyewitnesses say no punches were thrown, and in fact, Kostecki and Pye reportedly later made up at the function. Now, this is relevant because the word is that Kostecki didn't get sacked for that incident, as has been widely speculated. We understand that what actually did him in was criticism of Tickford Racing, blaming the team for his poor performances. Makes sense, as an after-hours drunken verbal stoush with a rival driver is not really grounds for dismissal. 
This year's 12 event supercars calendar doesn't include Queensland Raceway or around in New Zealand. Triple Eight major shareholder Tony Quinn has a stake in both, owning QR and also Hampton Downs, Taupo and Highlands Park in Kiwiland. Quinn tells Parked Up host Grant Rowley that returns to QR and New Zealand are in the works. I mean, we, at, at all our tracks, we're ready, willing and able to have them at any time, except you wouldn't want to come to New Zealand in August. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, uh, Queensland, New Zealand, we're ready and able to do it at any time. It really is up to the V8s what they want to do. And I think they've been consumed by the Gen 3 uh, issues and the sudden closure of Pukekoe. I think uh, that really happened without much con consultation. And I think it took them by surprise. So they haven't had time to really reorganize things. Um, but New Zealand's ready, willing and able. And Queensland, which has always been a very strong um, uh, event for them, is ready and able too. And really it's up to them. And they have to organize themselves with state funds and government money and stuff like that. I've, in my business career, I've never had to rely on that. So I don't really know how difficult that is. Um, I've always had to just look after myself. So it's a different world. For me, I can't really comment on that, but it appears that, you know, it depends on who's in power. I mean, look at Adelaide, you know, uh, a new politician comes on board, new state government, and the doors open, not just for VH, but for all sorts of motorsport. So, you know, I think a lot hinges on the funding that's available to them. What's more, Quinn is advocating a double-header supercars return to New Zealand. This would be my ideal scenario for the V8s. And I think they should come to New Zealand in February or January. Um, and I know that's tight. And do two rounds and then go back to Australia and do the Grand Prix or whatever, or Adelaide, whatever they're doing. I'm not sure, but, you know, coming to New Zealand into Auckland and do two rounds, uh, I think would be a good solution. Week after week, you know, back to back, whatever they call it. Quinn made his racing comeback at Highlands Park over the weekend after his long recovery from serious injuries suffered in a Carrera Cup crash at Townsville last year. He's told Grant that not only is GT4 his racing future, but also the way forward for GT racing in Australia. I'm not going to do anything that will jeopardise uh, myself nor anybody else. So um, there is no point in uh, having another cup on the mantelpiece for me anyway. And there is no prize money. So really you need to be doing this because you want to do it not because you have to do it. Uh, and just the recovery in general, six months uh, since your incident, uh, you know, you weren't walk walking for those first couple of months, so uh, how do you feel it's going? Yeah, look, I mean, fortunately, my left side was the worst damage. My right side, uh, I broke my right foot, but it's healed, you know, it's 99%. So driving these GT cars nowadays, they're all sequential and you know, right foot stuff. So the left foot just stays there somewhere over to the left and doesn't do much. 
So that's why it's it's uh, easier for me to drive. The the thing that's evident is the lack of fitness because I haven't been able to drive and I haven't even been able to go for walks or not that I run, but you know I haven't been able to exercise at all. So it was the it was a lack of fitness that sort of was powerful yesterday. So I just need to build up to that. And as I say, if I can do 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, happy days. Uh, there is no, there is no prizes for being a hero. And do you think this is the future of your driving now? Just jumping in for various things, the Carrera Cup. It's a big commitment to do a full championship like that. No, I will not drive a GT3 car again. I mean, driving a GT4 car is um, much easier and it's much more um, compliant. Um, like, I had a bit of an off at the bridge yesterday. If that had been a GT3 car, I would have been in the wall. But with the GT4, it managed to, you know, it's going a wee bit slower, it's overtired, it's less powerful, it's all of those things. The brakes aren't really as good, the gearbox is not so good, but it's a great car. If all the cars are GD4s, it's a great series. Um, and you know, I think New Zealand is working towards um, a system similar to Australia where they run under the SRO rules. It's just that in the past there's been a bit of a hodgepodge, um, you know, Kiwis being Kiwis and I love them. They, they like to experiment with things. But I think the general feeling up and down is that enough of that, we need to come back to, you know, what. The Europeans spend millions of dollars and a lot of time sorting these cars out and we should probably follow what they're doing. So you feel that Australia's on the right path also with its GT4 regulations? We see two or three enter a, a GT World Challenge round, but there's 70 of those, more of those cars in Australia ready to race. Yeah, and it's because it, it has been GT3. I mean, since I own GT3, and build it up, and even before me, Martin Wag, you know, it's been a good journey for GD3. A good GD3, a new GT3 car nowadays, with spare parts, costs very close to a million dollars. I mean, it's getting outside of the, the realms of a guy going and enjoying his racing. The GD4 allows people that can afford to buy a fast car, race car, to go and enjoy themselves in the track. What they don't want to be doing is racing against car that, cars that pass them every five laps. So I think as the numbers grow, and certainly I have invested in a Porsche a GD4 for Australia, um, just because they're hard, everything's hard to get. Uh, I would have had a Mercedes, but can't get one. Um, so I'll drive Porsche next year uh, with a view to maybe going to Mercedes for 24. Um, but you know, I think, watch this space, I think GD4, uh, is the is the way to go and for once me and Roland agree on something <laughs> Aussie motorsport legend John Bow has announced that this year will be his last as a regular in touring car masters since retiring from supercars at the end of 2007 Bow has been one of the big stars of TCM at 68 the bespectacled and bearded veteran of more than 12 150 races in a 50-year career is preparing to slow down. But as Bauer makes very clear, this year is a TCM farewell tour, not his retirement from race driving.
Yes, sort of it is, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's any big deal to anybody, but I thought, you know, with the advent of, of social media, I have a, a following of people that, that probably I didn't have way back in my, let's call it heyday. So, you know, I, I announced that this was going to be my last year of Touring Car Masters mainly for those people, you know, I meet them at the track all around the countryside or I meet them at car shows. I was at Summer Nats last weekend. I meet them there. So, I mean, it's it's very nice to be, I don't know, what's the word? Like, probably. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do one more year TCM, but I'm not, I don't think I'll ever retire from driving a race car to some extent. I don't want to. And, and as long as I can get my feet on the pedals and my hand on the steering wheel, I'll try and race something. One of my... Very good friends, Joe Collegia has got a few historic race cars, so I'll, I'll drive one of those occasionally. And I quite like production racing. I'm going to do the Bathurst six hour um, in a few weeks or at Easter time. So it's just the the intensity of Touring Car Masters. It's not the intensity of the racing. It's It's more raising the money to do it and all that sort of thing. I think, you know, I might just smell the roses or the high octane petrol a bit more. So as you've made clear, this is not heading towards retirement from race driving, but I guess it is effectively your last year as a, well, a professional race driver. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I wouldn't count. I think touring car masters is a fantastic category and I, you know, I'd love to drive in it forever, but the fact is I've had a good run at it. I've had a good innings at it. I've won quite a lot of races and championships and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, uh, I want to probably do a few other things. Uh, but, yes, I'm not going to – I love racing. I grew up in it as a kid, and I've done it all my – from basically just past adolescence until to now. So I'm not looking to not do it anymore. but Obviously, you know, you get older and you have different sort of priorities. I've got grandchildren now that I'd like to spend a bit more time with. Bow is looking forward to savouring one last season of Touring Car Masters, which is a fan favourite series. I've had a good, you know, really good run of results. Sometimes, you know, motor racing is not always a bit of roses, but... I've had opportunities to to race good cars and I've had good support. So the thing a lot of people don't perhaps understand fully unless they do it is that TCM cars are really fun, old-style cars. They've got a, more than enough power, probably too much power, and they've got tiny tyres in comparison to most racing categories nowadays and they have zero aero so you get all things going on like uh, you know trying to balance the car on the on the tyre grip and the throttle the brakes are only relatively small but they but they're okay but they operate in the highest temperature range ever it, they're just challenging in a different way than modern race cars are. So they're really enjoyable to drive. So that, I'll, I'll certainly miss that part of it. 
say uh, back in when Touring Car Masters first started, they they morphed out of Group N, which is you know historic touring cars. But and I've driven a historic touring car because Joe College has got one. I've driven it a few times. The TCM cars are miles more enjoyable to drive than a historic touring car. So yeah, I'll miss it for sure. But you know, I, I started my life as an open wheeler driver and I love open wheelers and I'd, I might even try and acquire some sort of historic open wheeler and you know, go back to my roots, a trailer and a ute. As an unabashed fan of open wheelers, Bow is a big supporter of S5000 as a pathway for young drivers to the supercars main game. The problem with Australia for the last 25 or 30 years has been so f- focused and obsessed with touring car stuff that, you know, uh, sometimes people don't see the sky for the trees. Now, I always believed this and I still think it's current and, and I think it's been proven this last year or two that if you can drive a, a good open wheeler, a big open wheeler well, you can drive a touring car easily. And I think James Golding proved that. Nathan Hearn is, is another one that comes to mind. And and uh, I, I've been, because I, I've met him and know him, I've been really impressed with Joey Mawson in many ways, not just his driving ability, which is plain to see. So I think, you know, the people that have got, let's call them wealthy parents, um, that look to do super two as a way to get into the main series of supercars may start to look at s5000 because if you can drive an s5000 well you can drive a supercar well without any shadow of a doubt much more from john bow in the full interview which you'll hear on parked up on thursday now back to ford star cam waters who's been keeping himself race fit over the supercars off season in Speedway Sprint Cars. Waters is building up to the Sprint Cars Classic at Premier Speedway in Warrnambool at the end of the month. And so far, he's pretty happy with his progress. Yeah, it's been a fun summer, been pretty action-packed. Haven't had a lot of time off, but yeah, racing the Sprint Cars has been awesome. Um, Just about to, you know, keep racing when everyone else isn't is, is really good, I think. And, um, you know, they're pretty raw, crazy beasts and hard to drive. So, um, yeah, they challenge you a lot and, um, you know, good way to stay sharp. You're obviously getting the hang of it because your results are improving. So you're going to at least round out the season, I gather. You've got some shows at Avalon, Mount Gambier, and then, of course, the big one, the Sprint Car Classic at Warrnambool. So... I mean, do you do you feel like you're getting comfortable in the thing? Uh, yeah, definitely feeling a lot more comfortable this season in the car. I feel like I I know what I need to do in the car with different driving techniques. Um, I've got a lot better idea on what I want kind of setup-wise. And, um, you know, the team's getting better and better as, as well as I am. So, um, yeah, definitely been a lot more competitive. Um, you know, the last two nights at Warnable. They had 55-odd cars entered and, you know, they're the best in the country and was right up there racing against them. So that was really cool to be to be able to do that. And, um, 
you know, got a few big shows coming up. So it's a good time to be kind of coming good, I guess. Waters revealed that while he'll miss the Bathurst 12 hour, he's looking to do more racing outside supercars this season. Yeah, definitely wanting to do extra stuff outside of the supercar. Um, obviously season, the sprint car stuff has been great and I've enjoyed it and I think it's helping me. So I'll continue to look at you know other stuff that I can do, um, which won't clash. You know, I haven't got anything locked in yet, but um, yeah, definitely working through it. Um, you say you haven't got anything locked in. Any prospects for, say, the Bathurst 12 hour? Uh, yeah, not doing the talker at, at the moment. Um, I thought I had a gig, but uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't happen, which that's okay. So, um, yeah, if something pops up, I'll, I'll definitely look at doing it for sure. But um, I'll also probably wouldn't mind having a weekend off um, with, you know, all the sprint car stuff I'm doing, you know, the Gen 3 testing that's going to be coming up and, um, you know, just getting ready for the, for the season at, at Newcastle. More after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the run to the chequered flag. As noted earlier, Grant Rowley was at Highlands Park for the opening round of New Zealand's Junior Open Wheel Summer Series. Here he is again with his roundup of that and the other highlights of the weekend's racing, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Teamer. New Zealand has kicked off the 2023 single-seater season with the opening round of the Castrol Toyota Formula Regional Oceana Championships at Highlands Motorsport Park over the weekend. Three different winners shared the spoils in warm conditions at the Cromwell Track on the South Island with title favourite Callum Hedge, Castrol Kiwi James Penrose and American hotshot David Morales taking a winner piece around the demanding Highlands circuit. Hedge was the clear pace-setter all weekend, fastest in both of the qualifying sessions and claiming the opening win of the season. In the last race, though, Hedge damaged his suspension while chasing Morales around the Highlands track that proved to be difficult to pass on. Hedge finished outside the top 10 in the race and sits fifth in the standings. Charlie Voitz, son of former Grand Prix driver Alexander, leads the title after a consistent weekend performance from Morales and fellow American Jacob Abel. Just two Aussies entered the opening round, with rider Quinn sitting fourth overall and Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge driver Tom McLennan in 10th place. After the final race, I spoke to an exhausted Race 3 winner, David Morales. David Morales, winner of Race 3 of the first round of the Castrol Toyota Formula Regional Oceana Championship. That must feel good to hold that trophy. Oh, it feels incredible. It feels incredible. After such a long race, the longest race of the weekend, the hottest race of the weekend, and you know, for me personally, the most physical. I was already knackered after uh, race two, and coming into this race, I'm already thinking, wow, like I'm tired getting into the car. I don't feel very well. Um, and just being able to pull it all together, just really, really like 
just seeing this in my hand right now is, is absolutely surreal. I'm so happy um, and, and thankful, you know, especially for my dad uh, and everybody that's pushed me here and uh, M2. So it's been really, really, really happy with this. Did you think at the start of the, this weekend that uh, holding this was possible? Uh, it was a slim possibility. We'll go like, honestly, personally, 15%, you know. But now that it's here, I think going into every single weekend, I'm going to have the same confidence and know that, I, you know, I can do it and I'm worth it and, you know, I'm there. It's really happy. Uh, Ty is a big talking point for, for yeah. the weekend. How'd you go in that last race? Oh, my gosh. Towards, um, I think, lap 16 is when I really, really started to feel a toll. Completely just hankering down, you know, going through T3, just getting into like a turtle formation and just trying to hold on for dear life. Um, the rear started to get really, really... Uh, loose quite a bit of oversteer basically everywhere um and uh, there were times where you know you over push an entry a bit and everything is different you know because the tires are getting so 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 hot something i've never experienced before and it's just a whole new beast you know so it's a lot of just pure maintenance pure maintenance not over pushing so pace when do preparations start for next weekend tonight tonight gonna shower uh maybe head to the gym if i'm feeling a bit frisky but probably not <laughs> but uh definitely they start tonight gonna review a bit and then the real stuff starts monday the next round of the fr oceana championship will be held this weekend at teratonga park the southernmost racetrack in the world in the opening round of formula e world championship britain jake dennis took a commanding victory at mexico city once the andretti driver took the lead from mahindra's lucas de Grassi, dennis was never headed Porsche's Pascal Wierlin finished second, with Degrassi holding on for third. The 2023 Dakar Rally has concluded with Australian star Toby Price narrowly missing out on another bike title. Price's KDM teammate Kevin Benavides overtook him on the final day, claiming a remarkable and close-run victory with just 43 seconds separating the pair. In the car category, Nasser Al-Hatia claimed the overall win by over an hour, ahead of WRC legend Sebastian Loeb. This is the Qatar driver's fifth Dakar rally, and he now sits second on the all-time Dakar champions list. Former Australian rally champion Molly Taylor finished 12th overall in the SSV class in what was her second Dakar rally campaign. That's the news from around the world, with thanks to our friends at Bob Jane T-Marts, I'm Grant Rowley, reporting in Queenstown, New Zealand, for Parked Up Plus. Thanks, Grant. This coming weekend, it's the Raw before the 24. IndyCar stars Will Power and Scott McLaughlin warming up for their 24 hours of Daytona debut at the end of the month and the Monte Carlo Rally, traditional start of the World Rally Championship. There'll be full coverage of the Monte Carlo Rally on Stan Sport. Finally, don't be surprised if Tickford Racing runs some sort of tribute to Ken Block on Cam Waters' Monster Energy Mustang. Block was a Monster Energy athlete just like Waters, and Tickford is considering how best to honour Block on its lead entry either in pre-season testing and or the Newcastle 500. That's it for now. Back next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production.